praise you. We worship you this morning. We love you, Lord Jesus. You're the one, O oh Lord, that we long for. You're the one, O oh Lord, that takes this meeting, that takes our lives, Lord. You're the one, Lord. You're the one, Father. We want you. We desire you, Lord. Come, O oh Lord Jesus. We love you. It sure is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Really enjoyed all the specials. We want to welcome everyone. I know it's a little earlier for some of us, but you know we we live by the clocks, and the the world around us doesn't. We have animals. You know we have an owl in our backyard, and it must have been looking and saying, "Oh, they're kind of moving a little earlier today." <laughs> you know, but uh, we're here, and we're happy to be here. And, we're happy to be in the presence of the Lord. Why don't you just uh, turn and greet somebody beside you, wish them God's blessing. I'll let you just have your seats very briefly. Part of being more awake is moving, so we'll sit down, we'll move you back up again right away here. So, I, mean, I just want to give you a little update. I was able to go to the hospital and visit Brother Andrew Malcolm yesterday, and he seemed to be doing a, a better. And uh, we're thankful for that. They've taken him off some of the machines. He looked visibly better. He, he was more with it there. Uh, the issue is with him, it's with his lungs. And um, it, it caused pressure on his heart that, that put the hole in his heart that was there. And it's also affecting his other organs and kidneys. But he very much appreciates all your prayers. And he wanted to just greet you all. And uh, unfortunately, we can't all visit him like we'd like. But uh, you just send him a text. I think that would be a blessing. And he would be very much encouraged by that. But we're, we're happy to report that. And let's just keep him in prayer. Also, we have much on our hearts, the, uh, the believers in Ukraine. I just want to give you just two quick updates this morning. Sister Ruth, if you could put that up. This is um, uh, the city that's most besieged is in Maripol. That's uh, the one that's been surrounded. The, the, uh, the uh, electricity's been cut off. There's, there's no power. There's uh, no food, no access. There's a believer in there. And this is the brother is Brother Veladoya Ivanov. They haven't been able to be in touch with him for seven days, and they just were able to get in touch with him. And he said on March 12th, they, they moved to a sister's private house. There's shootings and battles throughout the city. We have groceries and water for now. Please keep us in prayers. A rope tied in two is stronger. So he, he, he said that. If you'll just take the next picture. This is where they're huddled in a basement in this city. So um, this is from them. And uh, I can't help but think of them all the time. So I know after this is all over, we're going to know and see the hand of God was very much with his people because he's faithful. He cannot deny his own. That's him. That's our God. No matter what comes. So they, um, they said, keep praying for us. Um, uh, 
Our faith is strong. I see it in our children. We're constantly in prayer. I'll get in touch later because the shelling has just started. And so we want to remember these, these precious believers, and, uh, and we're, we're one body. We, we truly are. Amen. That's all. Thank you, Sister Ruth. We've sure enjoyed our weekend here already with uh, our brother Daniel Andes and his wife, Sister Shannon. Um, she said she's not much of a singer, but I'd say that was a pretty good song. My. <laughs> if only Brother Daniel could preach as well as she can sing. <laughs> no pressure there, Brother Daniel. Oh, my. So uh, that, that's been a blessing. She also is very active in their church. It's Brother Brad Burgess in the Louisville area where Brother Daniel serves, and she's a Sunday school teacher there. And we're happy that she came because everywhere she goes, she kind of lights up the room. And I, I won't say what Brother Daniel normally says about her, but she, she has the gift of connecting with people. Let's just say that. So that's wonderful. And... Um, Brother Daniel and I met uh, in 1985-86 in Jeffersonville. He was the first of the Andes family that I, I ever met. And, and we, we were both young, single men back then and, and just starting a walk with God. And little did we know all the plans that God would have for us and how he would bring us to this point. But I just was sharing with him, I, it's been precious. And I say, God does things so much better than we could do for ourselves if we could only trust him and allow him to do what he wants to do. So we knew for many years, and as many of us have, his brother John, but uh, it was several years ago, I think our grad in 2018, Brother Daniel came and ministered, and he was a blessing then, and we sure enjoyed the service on, on Friday night. My, my, that was just the Spirit of God was wonderful, and we're looking for that again today. So we're going to just move out of the way and allow... Our brother to come and minister. Let's stand together. Let's sing Redeemed, How I Love to Proclaim It. As our brother comes, let's, let's give him the liberty and let's welcome the Holy Ghost because it's not just the man we're looking to, but it's the Spirit of God that's been already here. It was here this morning when you got up in prayer. It was in the specials and it's through the people and it's through the minister and, and we want him to have his way. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Love. 
Redeemer. Amen. That we have the opportunity to be redeemed. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. It was wonderful, the music and all the things there. I appreciate the kind words Brother uh, Ed said about me. I don't know if I can live up to that or preach up to that, but God bless you, Brother Ed. I appreciate him inviting us to come. And uh, Sister Sandy, I had a piece of your banana nut bread this morning. It was very good. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate Brother Harold and Sister Leanne. God bless them. I think that was Sister Wendy. Wasn't that Sister Wendy? God bless you. Brother Blaine up there. God bless you. Good to see them again and good to see saints. We had some fellowship together. Brother Max the other morning and Brother Andrew at his house. I appreciate the time of fellowship. It was really special to be together. And I bring greetings from Brother Brad Burgess, our pastor back in Louisville, Kentucky. We've been helping there for about 35 years, I think. My wife and I, we've been married for 34 years, so she's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We were talking about that the other day. He that finds a wife hath found a favor with God, and out of 7 billion people in the world, God looked down at the age of 19 and found favor with God. He gave me a good helpmate. Amen. I'm thankful for my wife. Pray the Lord will bless her and all the sacrifices she does in life to live with me. <laughs> it's not easy being married to a minister. <laughs> Amen. But bring greetings from my brother John. He found out I was going to be here, and he wanted to send my, his greetings to all of you, and also from my father, Ken Andes. We love you all dearly, and have grown to love you all, and the ministers here. We've known you all many years. Some of you all know my son, William Andes. I know Brother John, he's, or he, they're friends together, and he made a CD some years back, and my wife brought a couple of them, or a few of them. If you want one, you're welcome to have them. And then I, they started a website, inspiredmusic.us, and so we took some um, the believers of the message and put their, their music on there. So that's inspiredmusic.us. I know he just made another C, or I guess we call them collections now. CDs are dated, but collection of music. And so it's there available that you can listen to it. That song my wife sang was written by Sister Jay Stuckey from our church. I believe it's the message, greatest battle ever fought. Brother Random said, the word of God will defeat the devil any place, anywhere, anytime. We just need the word of God. He could have annihilated the devil when the devil tempted him, but he didn't. He was training us. And all he said is, it's written, it's written, it's written. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's open the Bible and let's defeat the devil. <laughs> Amen. I'm no match for him, but he's no match for the Word of God. Amen. Don't you love your Bible? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just bow our heads together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we love you today. And Lord, we just, Lord, just come to you and with all of our failures and all of our weaknesses and lay them at your feet. And 
As we open your word, we pray, God, that you would help us today. Lord, you know all the many prayers that have been prayed and, Lord, time spent preparing for this service. Lord, and I pray that the angels of God would just encamp around about us today. And Lord, may you touch our hearts. Lord, you know there's many things on my heart, and I pray that you would help me to get myself out of the way that I could communicate them to your children, Lord. Lord, as your prophet taught us, there was one thing that was more precious than a drop of the blood of Jesus Christ, and that was the purchase of the blood of Jesus Christ, which is your bride. And Lord, as they sit here, I believe before me, I pray that you would minister to them, Lord, the things that you would desire to say. Help us in this journey, Lord. We remember our brothers and sisters in Ukraine today, Father. Lord, even some have in this audience have come from Ukraine, and they're there, Lord, huddled in the basement. I pray, God, that you would go to them in a real way. I pray you'd show yourself supernatural, Lord. God, so many times you've done it before when your people will humble themselves and look towards heaven and pray. You promise to help protect them, guide them through this time when these demons are at at work, Lord, and political demons moving. I pray you would protect your people, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And the church said, amen. Praise the Lord. Genesis, if you have your Bibles, Genesis, the first chapter, and also in Galatians. Let's just get right into the word. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit of a different preacher. I know there's other preachers that are very knowledgeable, and they're educated, and they know how to build a subject and all of those things. I'm not that way. I'm just like, hey, this is what the Lord put on my heart, and let's just talk about it. So you kind of get what you get with me, okay? I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That ought to do away with every atheist spirit in this room. God created the heavens and the earth. There is a God. Do you believe it? He that cometh to God must believe that he is. He exists, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How many believe there's a God? How many believers do we have today in the room? Oh, praise God. What a... What a wonderful atmosphere. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. Go to the book of Galatians chapter 4, verse number 6, Galatians 4, 6, and because... Because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Amen. There's something that makes you him your father, and that's the spirit of God. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. It's good to be up in cold country. There's warm days coming. People, they talk like, oh, no, it's the end of the world. It's in the world. I said, no, there's three and a half years to the Jews. It's not the end of the world. We're going to make it through. A spring's coming. Amen. Looking at this thought, I want to just speak this morning for a few minutes on the right atmosphere. The right atmosphere. I was reading uh, in the message, The Fourth Seal. Brother Ram said, I was talking to a person not long ago, and he was trying to discuss with me the saying, and he was saying, aren't you ashamed to say that God created the heavens and earth in six days? And I said, that's what the Bible said. He said, well, we've got evidence and can prove that the world is millions of years old. I said, that don't have anything to do with it. Genesis 1.1, it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. See, that's all. Now, the earth was without form and void, 
And I said, I believe every seed was laying right there from some other civilization or something. And as soon as the water was lifted off, the light struck it and up come the trees and everything. And we know between verse 1 and 2, there were some things that happened. And the Bible doesn't list everything. Moses wrote this, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So Moses was writing this by vision. He wasn't there, but he was writing it by vision. So he doesn't put everything that happened there. But here the prophet of God said, as soon as the, the water was lifted off, the life, light struck it and the trees come up. Brother Random said the same thing with the human being. It's a type. With all the mist is moved away, when all the mist is moved away and the revealed truth to that real seed laying there still germantized, the light of the gospel can strike it by a true vindication of the word, it'll live. Do you believe that today? And when, I, when a prophet, he, he's like a doctor, he's dissecting you. It shouldn't be something that we study. It should be something to say, that man is dissecting me. When you look at an x-ray, you say, that's me. That's my broken bone. And the prophet of God said, the earth is only a type of what you should be. There's a, we believe there's a, a predestinated seed that was down in an individual. And there was a mist, a doubt of unbelief that hung over you from your birth. But when the Spirit of God comes and the light of God, it moves that mist away. The preaching of the gospel casts out devils. That's why people are afraid to get around preachers because the, the devil might be exposed. Do you believe that? Do you re really believe that we had a prophet to turn us back to the faith of our fathers? Amen. Where they preached the gospel and the Holy Spirit had freedom of the gifts. People say, oh, I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do we really want the gift of the Holy Spirit that discerns the thoughts and the intents of our heart? I want it in my life. Oh, praise God. It's, it's different than what maybe a Pentecostal idea with the people like, oh, I have a word and you and you and you. Here's a prophet of God who was full of the Holy Spirit. The Son of Man ministry would call the people up in the line and maybe there was sin in their life and he would push the microphone out of the way. And he would talk to them. Brother Mike Sievert tells the story. He stood and talked to a lady. He said 20 minutes to talk to her. He said, now is all of that truth? And he pulled the microphone back. He said, is that true? He said, now you wouldn't want me to say that about your life. And oh, I thought I learned the character of the Holy Spirit. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our father is not an abusive father. Maybe you had an abusive father. That's not the way our heavenly father is. He takes his son into a room and says, I want to talk to you. You can't live like that. You can't talk like that. Oh, I pray the Holy Spirit becomes real today. God is a spirit. You experience God. That's what we were talking about the other day. Moses came in the presence of something. It was a bush before, but now there was something in the bush. Two hours ago, this was an empty building, but the presence of the Lord is here. Do you believe that? He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Brother Branham said this, God is always present. If we could only remember that the angels of the Lord are encamped around about those that fear him. In this building tonight stands Jesus Christ. In this building tonight is a host of angels. Thousands of them gathered together. You can't see them, but you can feel the influence of them telling you that they're here. They're here. Oh, if we could open our eyes, if God would open our eyes and we would see them in another realm. Amen. As the prophet of God was in that realm and many people are like, oh, he told the story this way and he this way and this way. Half the time he was in that dimension and this dimension, going back in people's lives, back and forth, didn't know which dimension. He was, oh, but if God could move us into that heavenly dimension. 
He, Brother Ben, said, if that isn't so, the Scripture isn't so. And if the Scripture isn't so, then God isn't so. He said, the Bible said that the angels of God are encamped. He said, they don't leave. They stay near those that fear him. Jesus said, wheresoever two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in their midst. Then it makes him in a world that we cannot see, that our, our five senses cannot connect. Jesus Christ is here presence. He said, if we could be conscious of that. We're talking about the right atmosphere. We're talking about changing our mind from just a, a Sunday morning service to changing our mind to the right atmosphere where Jesus Christ is here. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're lost today, Jesus Christ is here to hunt you down and to find you and pull you back into the presence of Almighty God. How many can sense the presence of the Lord Jesus? This is not a doctrine. This is something you experience. The presence of God. When Moses walked into the presence, he had a lot of questions. When he walked out of the presence of God, he knew who God was. He knew who he was. We need to come into the presence of God and find out who we are. We're sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We've talked about it. Remember, Brother Branham talked about his wife, Hope. She went beyond the curtain of time and she came back. He said, Billy, you've talked about it. You've preached about it. But you have no idea how blessed that realm is. Oh, may God, amen, allow us to see that realm, brother. Amen. The body's Bible says if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we already have a body already waiting for us. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. Heavens and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will never pass away. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know where all that came from. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives more than ever. God is a redeemer, and God had to change the atmosphere, and there had to be light to sustain growth. Brother Ram goes on to say, and remember, not only here, but when you're walking down the street, wherever you are, you that profess to be Christians and fear God, remember the angels of God are moving with you wherever you are. This is a prophet of God. We believe he was the fulfillment of many scriptures in the Bible. Do you believe that? That's a whole other message. But now the prophet of God, now how many kids are in school? Young people, whoever, I guess we should all be in school. They say when you stop learning, you're dying. So I'm not, every day you gotta learn. So here's a prophet saying, all right, I'm gonna teach you. He said, remember, remember this, that the angels of God are with you wherever you are. They watch everything you do, every thought that comes into your mind. Now you can't control your thoughts, right? All right, don't think about a pink elephant. You already thought about it. So you can't control your thoughts. I can put thoughts. The devil can put thoughts, music, pictures. It puts thoughts, and you can't control it. What you do is control what you do with that thought. You can't control the birds flying over your head, but you can sure prevent them from making a nest and coming back to that place. The prophet of God said the angels of the Lord can look and they see every thought that comes into your mind, and they know all about you. Therefore, we must be conscious of that. Talking about the right atmosphere, we must be conscious. And a thought comes into your head, and you're like, oh, I could build a nest right there. But oh no, there's the angels. Uh, and I wonder sometimes, it's like, ah. Oh. And then maybe they just, because he encamps around the belt, those that fear him. And so when you don't fear him anymore, may, may we just fear him. <laughs> Say, Lord, I want the angels to stay here. Don't blush. I want to be a Christian. I want to love the Lord. He said, if we're not conscious of that, then you act anyway. 
So people mostly today, too many people are not conscious of the presence of the Lord Jesus. That's the reason we have these things that we have going on now that's not right. Oh, may the Lord help us. There's something that's not right. May the Lord fix it. This is the judgment house of God. The world has it completely different. We have mega churches down there. As we said before, Brother Bram saw the, the church of USA. She was a couple things. She was marching to rock and roll. You look at the mega churches, the little churches closing, the mega churches, the thing they all have in common is rock and roll music and nakedness. We talked about the leggings and all that stuff yesterday. We're not going to preach that sermon. You can go back. I think they have it online. You can go back and listen to it. But may God help us to be a real seed of God. I was thinking about that because a seed can't grow in the wrong atmosphere. Some of you are gardeners. You're all way up north. My, my wife lived, grew, on a, grew up on a farm, and they had a garden, and my father-in-law puts a lot of plants out. But a, a seed can't grow in the wrong atmosphere. And I told you the other day I don't like to hike. <clears throat> all right, you know a little bit about me. But I do like water, all right? My middle name is Marvin. And uh, it comes from my grandfather. He was in the Navy. And so my, they named me Daniel Marvin Andes. And so Marvin means lover of the sea. So I love water. Anything to do with water, I love water. And boats and all that stuff. A name has something to do with that. And I'm a victim. My parents named me that. So, <laughs> But down a few miles from our house, a couple hours, a few hours away, they have a lake called Lake Cumberland. And they had a problem with the dam and so they had to drill, uh, back in the dam, they drilled 18-inch diameter holes all across the dam and, and overlapped them and poured concrete down in them. And so they had to lower the water down. I forget it was 30 or 40 feet. Well, when they lowered the water down, all the seeds that were in the ground grew, trees and plants and all this. Just It was down for like three or four years, and all of a sudden these trees start growing tall, and they were all in the water, covered by water, and they couldn't grow because they were in the wrong atmosphere. And all they needed to be, all that needed to be done was those seeds needed to come into the right atmosphere. And then that which was in the seed would begin to manifest what was inside of it. Now, coming in the right atmosphere did not change what was in the seed. Listen to me. It just manifested what was in the seed. Coming into the presence of Christ did not change Judas into Judas. He always was Judas. That's why Jesus looked at him and said, what thou doest, do quickly. We were talking about it the other day. Ah, I don't know how to preach, but I just feel the Holy Spirit bringing different things. Jesus could look at Judas and say, what thou doest, do quickly, because Jesus said the hour had come for him to die on the cross that you have here. But the only way that he could die on the cross, he had to shed his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So now Jesus walks for 33 years with the redemptive blood in his body, but without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So the only way he could be a redeemer, as my brother sang the song about a redeemer, is for him to die on a cross. And then he could look at Judas and said, what you need to do, do it quickly, because now is the time for me to shed my blood. Oh, there's a certain time. God has a time for every seed to manifest what it is. Amen. If you're a seed of God, I believe the atmosphere is right this morning. The angels are here. Jesus Christ is here. The music has is, is just been right. All of it has been right. And the, Oh, I believe that every seed of God, amen, ought to begin to manifest what they're ordained to manifest. If we could get our mind in the right atmosphere. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. You can take gas. You might have your garden. You put gas, mix it into the soil, and the seeds won't grow. 
I'll go a little bit step, a step farther. You can take a seed of God and put them in a bar room with the wrong people and bad music, and it won't grow right. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Before you can get saved, you got to be lost. You got to be lost. You got to know you're lost. You got to know that you can't do it of yourself. There's nothing. There's nothing. No righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And Lord, I'm lost. I can't do this. How many people walk away and say, I can't do this? You are just a candidate for Jesus Christ to come inside of you and fill you with the Holy Ghost and change your life. Oh, hallelujah. We don't preach by an intellectual gospel. It's an experience of God that you experience in your life. Hallelujah. There's a power that works in a people. I'm just going to bring this right down home to our message, all right? We're going to get into some other things right here. You just have to stay with Brother Daniel, all right? They say, put your seatbelts on. We're on for a little bit of a rocky ride, all right? Well, you can take too much of the water, which is the Spirit, and you won't grow right. And you can take too much of the sun. We were out in Arizona, and you get that sunlight, and you take a seed and lay it out in the desert somewhere, and it won't grow right. It's got all the sun. It's got all the word. But unless it has some water on that, and you mix, Jesus said, he that will worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And when you bring those atmospheres together, you have a seed that can grow properly together. Sometimes people get so much water, and it's just all, but they don't have the word. Other people get all the word, but they don't have the spirit of God to make it grow. <laughs> we went to a church one day. It was called the Church on the Rock, one of those people trying to start something. And the Bible says, except God build the house, we labor in vain. And the man was in there. And we went to one of their services. And the man said, I, I just want to look for enough of the spirit of God that I can be slain in the spirit. I'm like, well, God bless you. But my Bible says, <laughs> walk in the spirit. <laughs> And I was thinking about, I want to get enough of the Holy Ghost so I can walk in the Spirit. I'm not saying it's okay to be slain in the Spirit, Daniel. I think the angel touching me was slain. That's all good. But it's more important that you walk in the Spirit of God and live in the Spirit of God. How the Bible says, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Too many people are walking in the lust of the flesh and they're not walking in the Spirit of God. And the Bible tells us if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Jesus said, pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Sometimes we think, I'm going to go, and the pastor is going to preach something. It's going to cause temptation to go away. No, Jesus said, you, pray, lest you enter into temptation. That's where we're failing in our prayer life. We need to get back to a prayer life with Jesus Christ. I believe we can live in an hour. Jesus said, you need to pray without ceasing. Oh, God, help me. God, I don't know how to make it through this. Lord, when I get to work, I don't know what I'm going to do about this situation. I don't know what to do with my child, Lord. You know what? It's actually the situation that causes you to pray. And God allows those situations so we do pray. We live in Lady Osea. You don't think those people in Ukraine are praying right now? There was another picture. They're down on their knees like this, got their hands folded like that. Someone, oh, God, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. Never, uh, oh, if we had that, maybe we'd have our hands folded. Oh, God, help us. Another day, Lord, will you just keep us another day? Will you help us? Will you protect us? They're praying. I tell you what, persecution has always made the church of God stronger. I'll say it again. Persecution has always made the church of God stronger. 
Amen. We, we we're, have freedoms of religion, and I'm so thankful for that, to f- freedoms to preach the gospel and read the word of God publicly. We may not have that someday, but God will have other persecutions in your life, things that will happen in trials, and it causes you to go to your knees in prayer. Am I preaching to somebody today? This is our experience. Say, God, help me through this trial. He knows how to mold our character, our, our trials, just exactly for us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> I was coming back from a meeting one time, and ministers talk, and, you know, there's a lot of discussion. <clears throat> you know, and it was this discussion, you probably heard it, Kenna, you can't be born again until you come to the message, and, and this, and this, and this, and all the doctrines and theological things. And I was riding home from the meeting, and I was listening to the message, the true, the Easter seal, 1965, and Brother Random was talking about a chicken, and he said, you can take an eagle egg, talking about the chicken, taking an eagle egg and putting it under a chicken. And he said, it's the atmosphere. He's talking about putting it under a puppet. And he said, the Presbyterian church, the Methodist church, the Baptist church, any of them can bring forth these eagles. What? A prophet of God? We have endless debates about something the prophet of God brings it out. you got to remember, in this day, in 1965, there was no maybe one or two message churches. There were not message churches. Be like, well, I only go to churches that are, have the truth. Well, Brother Branham would have just stayed home because they didn't have the truth. God sent a prophet to straighten out all the winds of doctrine and call a bride out. Thank God for it. So the prophet of God said, uh, any one of these churches can bring forth eagles. Sure, it's the atmosphere that does it. As Brother Bosworth used to say, you can take a hen egg and put it under, under a puppy and tie him down, and the puppy will hatch out a chicken. Why? It's the atmosphere. And when any church... Or any group that will assemble themselves together and pray until they throw away their creeds and things and look straight in the face of God, it'll bring forth eagles just as certain as I'm standing here. This is 1965, after the preaching of the seven seals. He said, that's what I think this business group has done. Trying to break up the atmosphere, we're getting too clannish. One belongs to this, one belongs to that. Let's break up the atmosphere and get the atmosphere in a heavenly worship, get the atmosphere right where eagles will be born out of any church anywhere. So it's not this group or this, it's the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost where eagles can be born of the Spirit of God. Whether it's in a church or by a bush or out in a barn or out on a golf course. Brother Daniel, yeah, I wish people used golf courses like I use golf courses. <laughs> this is really personal right here, isn't it? <laughs> we used to live across from a golf course. And I remember going to a meeting, and again, like I said, doctrines and all of those things. And what's it cause a man to do? It causes him to go and pray. When he says, Lord, I don't understand. Another experience, I mentioned one the other day, and another experience happened in my life. And that night after the meeting, I went to the golf course. It was dark. The full moon was coming. I went to the golf course. I laid on the green, and I prayed, God, help me. Help me, Lord. Lead me through this. I don't understand how to navigate through this. But he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I wish all the men around the message would use golf courses like I do. Lay on their face before God. It's nice, smooth. It's a putting green or whatever they call them. I don't golf. But it's smooth, and you can lay there and just pray and worship God. I don't know if you got to get a membership to do that or not, but I tell you, and <laughs> maybe I was trespassing. I don't know. God forgive me. <laughs> I tell you what, 
We need a prayer life. Amen. I prayed this morning that the eagles will feel in the right atmosphere where it's warm and they'll burst forth out of that shell. Amen. They'll begin to spread their wings of prayer to lift their hands to Almighty God and begin to scream, Abba, Father. That's what he said. Because you are sons, he sent forth the spirit of his son. And they scream, Abba, Father. They scream, oh, my God, I need you. Lord, that's what's been calling me. It's the spirit of God. And now the atmosphere is right. It's more than words on a screen. It's something of a spirit that begins to move. You know what I'm talking about. It's in this room. Lord, I love you. And then they spread their wings and sail away into the heavenly somewhere. How's the Bible say we're seated together in heavenly places and your troubles seem so far away? Uh, let's go to St. John chapter 4. I just want to talk about this woman at the well. Brother Random goes into her life many, many times and touches her life. St. John chapter 4. Verse number four, the Bible says he had needs to go by Samaria. And in verse six, it says it was about the sixth hour a day. Verse seven, it said, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus was there, and he said, he said, give me a drink. So when he tells this woman to give me a drink, I looked up some of the things Brother Adam said about this woman. said she was a pretty one, a very lovely-looking lady. She was well-educated. She knew the custom. She said, it's not customary for you as a Jew to ask me as a Samaritan. So this lady was very educated. She knew Jacob. She was raised in a Christian home. She knew Bible verses. She could quote Bible verses. Brother Ram said she was probably a prostitute. And he said, uh, they talk about juvenile delinquency. Brother Ram said it's parent delinquency. That's exactly what it is. Maybe that child had the same thing. Her mother let her do anything. He said it's parent delinquency. Sometimes a girl goes wrong because her mother don't make her do right. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. I know as parents, we live in that time, well, hey, I want you to be my best friend. Well, you have to be a parent before you're the best friend. I know there's a transition there, but somewhere you have to point them in the right direction. Brother Ram said he let, the parents let her go in the wrong direction. And now she's going in the, they didn't care about her, and she was turned out by her parents, maybe 18 years old, right out of high school. And, and Brother Ram said the woman, it was 11 o'clock of the day, and maybe she ran around all night, didn't get up in time, and they wouldn't let her go get water because of the way that she was. And, and here's the lady out there, and, and Jesus asked her, he said, woman, bring me a drink. Verse number eight said, but the disciples had gone away under the city to buy meat. Brother Branham actually said that Jesus had a vision that he was sitting alone on the well with this lady and he sent his disciples into town to fulfill the vision that he was sitting there. Oh, I love a prophet when he goes and he shows you what was really happening. He talks about Lazarus. Remember the story of Lazarus when they went to him and said, Lazarus is, and Jesus went in another way and was away for two days. You remember that? Brother Bram said he actually had a vision of him at the gravesite with the stone that was rolled away so he couldn't go and pray for Lazarus and heal him because the vision said he had to die and he had to stand by the grave to resurrect him. Oh, praise God. Everything is working just right, and all things are working together for the good of them that love God. Amen. But you only understand that in the presence of God when the atmosphere is right. And God will take away the confusion of your situation when he speaks to you. 
As we said the other day, when Moses came to the bush and he said, Moses, Moses, and he identified Moses and he started taking away the doubts that was in his mind. Oh, the devil will create all those doubts and situations and church problems pretty soon in your mind. But when you come into the presence of God, all those things begin to melt away. They begin to fall away. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse number nine. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest me of drink? What which am I, a, which am I a, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence... Then hast thou this living water. So Jesus is beginning to talk to her about a living water, which was a spiritual water, but this lady was interested only in the natural things. Sometimes we're like that. God, I want to serve you because I want a better job. Lord, heal me. Lord, do this and help me to get my car fixed. And Lord, and we just are in a natural realm, but Jesus wants to go deeper than that. So he begins to take this lady and she starts, he talks about living water. She said, Okay, I want, he starts using his terms. I want living water in verse 11, verse 12. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well? So now she knows about Jacob. She knows her history. She's an educated lady and who drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said, and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water which I give him shall be a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. So now this woman is thinking, i got to come out here every day and carry this pot and carry it all the way home. And this man has proposed to me a living water. I'll never thirst again. Hey, I, what, I can, let's, yeah, let's do that. That makes sense. We'll do that. And that's why a lot of people, they serve God. That makes sense. Yeah. I just say, Lord, I accept you as my Savior and I don't burn in hell. Sounds pretty good. Remember Elon Musk? They just did an interview with him and they got him all the way down. Like, so do you believe, you're, are you a Christian? And because he said, I believe Jesus, then they believe, okay, he's a, he's a Christian. It goes way deeper than that. Amen. <laughs> Jesus said, he, if you keep my commandments, then are you my disciples. Amen. Amen. It's deeper than just a profession. I think Brother Ram teaches that out of, out of uh, Acts, the eighth chapter there. They believed and received the word of God with gladness, but yet the Holy Ghost had fallen on none of them. Amen. There's a Holy Spirit that will fill our lives and give us power over the power of the devil. We need it. We need it. We've been around long enough to see people come up and just make a profession. Yes, I believe the message out. And a few years later, they've drifted out into the world. Can you say amen? amen? We're not rocket scientists, but I've been around a little while to realize they need something more than what they had. And what they needed is that they needed the Holy Spirit in their life. They needed an experience with God. It's a 15-year-old boy when Brother Harold preached at that church, and I walked down, and I, laid, I, I knelt down at the altar and surrendered my whole life to God. Something came inside of me that changed me. I was a changed individual, Brother Harold. I went back. The music was changed. My friends were changed. I went from the back row of the church to the front row of the church because something happened in my life. I don't know. I can't explain it, but I'm here today. I'm still standing. Amen. The Bible says, having done all to stand, just stand and be a Christian. And when it's all over, there'll be no evidence of the Holy Spirit but those that are standing. They're standing time-tested memorials. Amen and amen. So now this woman is saying, look, I'd like to not have to, have to come here. Oh, I wish I could preach, uh, what is it, and knoweth that not, and the message, the greatest battle ever fought. Brother Ram says, you know what, you're complicated. You've got a body, soul, and spirit. And all we see is sea face 
see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. So powerful. I love a prophet. Some people don't believe the message. Like, hey, it wasn't for you. It's for me. And he goes and says, see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. And he says these amazing words. Those weren't given to you to contact your heavenly father. And all of a sudden, he reconditions my mind to think I'm not looking to see or feel or hear. Those were given to me to contact my earthly home and provide a living for my family and hold your baby and know when the dog's out. And that's the, but there's a sixth sense called faith. And that sixth sense is a, a sense that the Christian has in their life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, faith is a substance. It's a substance of things hoped for. Amen. They all died in faith. They gave their life because they had a substance. Oh, Brother Max, I hope all of us can find this faith. How do I get it? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. All things are possible to them that believe. Do you believe it today? And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They take up any serpent seed. Amen. It won't ever destroy them. They drink in a deadly thing. It will all not hurt them. <laughs> oh, I got so many testimonies. I'd like to just testify. Amen. You believe that? Brother Man preaches a message, indictment. Pre- teaches that of uh, Mark 16. And he says right there, Mark 16, he said, I indict you ministers for crucifying the effects of the word of God. From Mark 16, and, and these signs, and he goes right there, you've crucified these effects. Amen. So as a minister of God, I'm not going to crucify those effects. I'm going to say, they're real today. And if I don't have the faith to produce it, I'll just keep believing until it happens. As Brother Bram said, uh, you might have faith to walk off the earth, and I don't. But he said, I won't stand in the way of you. You just keep believing and walk off the earth. But you know, we've got a problem around our message. That's Mark 16, 17, but somewhere we forgot that there's two verses before that that are just as true as Mark 16, 17. You want me to read you those? They're in red too. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And if those other verses, these signs shall follow them that believe are true, then the two verses ahead of it are true. And I believe those too. That's why I'm standing in this pulpit preaching because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And it's in red, which means the big man said it. The big man said it, Jesus Christ. A little humor, we'll throw that in there, right? So now the body, and then there's a spirit, conscience, memory, affection, and reasoning. And Jesus is getting this woman out at the well with water, talks about living water. And then he goes right into her spirit. Brother Man says, Lord, says, sir, give me of this water that I thirst not, neither come hither together. And Jesus goes into her spirit realm. He said, go call thy husband and come hither. And I'm like, ooh, wait, 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 wait. You went from sea taste, feel, smell, and hair. Now you're in conscience, memory. Now you're in my affections. And he's a stranger. Like, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're said right. You've had five, but the one you're living with now isn't yours. <laughs> Brother Rand said, what was he trying to do? He was hunting her spirit. And as soon as he got into that dimension of where her spirit was and said, go get your husband, right straight to her trouble. Sometimes we get a trouble in our memory. We get a memory, a, a problem in our affections, maybe in our imaginations. Are you with me? In these fantasy worlds, and we get out there, but the Holy Spirit is here today to call out whatever that is in our spirit because he wants to go deeper than that to their soul. 
And when he did the discernment, you believe he's still a discerner? The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's that pillar of fire that discerns every one of our lives. He came to a prophet. He had a special gift. And he would say, you and you and you. And he would tell us, I don't have that gift. But the Holy Spirit is still the Holy Spirit. And he's still in this room and he's a discerner. He wants to go beyond our fantasy and spirit problem. He wants to go down to our soul. And when she said, I know when Messiah comes He'll do what you just did. He said, I am he that's speaking to you. That's him that's speaking to us today. When we've created the right atmosphere to believe that all things are possible and the angels are here and Jesus Christ is here and now he's here. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 23, Jesus said, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. So we know that there's this side, and the Pentecostals, and they move in the spirit realm, and that's all good. Brother, I've never condemned that. I mean, we come into the word, but somewhere, Jesus said the Father is seeking for a particular kind of people, seeds of God that will grow in the right kind of atmosphere where they have the spirit and they have the truth together, and then those seeds will begin to grow in the right way. Oh, praise God. Do you believe you're in that atmosphere? You believe your, your pastors and the ministers are pushing you towards the message of the hour, the vindicated word of our day, and the Holy Spirit. How's the Bible say? And I want to back up right here because I believe that what Brother Abraham said, that any eagle can be birthed in any one of those churches. But remember, the Bible says that when he, the Spirit, is truth has come, he will lead you. And he will guide you into all truth. And no matter where you're birthed by the Spirit of God, when you see him baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will lead you and say, no one was baptized that way. And then that eagle will begin to fly. Oh, praise God. And fly. And fly. Oh, praise the Lord. And when they see someone baptized in Jesus' name, say, that sounds like my screaming father, the word of God calling to me. And then they hear the message of the hour. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet who will turn all the hearts of the children back to the faith of our fathers. It's amazing in the seals how many times Brother Bram puts the word faith in there. He'll turn us back to the faith, the belief of our fathers. Let me just say this. William Branham did not invent the doctrine of serpent seed. It was in Genesis when God said, I'll put enmity between your seed and the serpent seed. God said it. Back in the book of Jude, he said Cain was of the wicked one. Brother Branham just turned our hearts back to the faith of our fathers. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then when it's in there, that's all you can see. And once you see serpent seed, then you see why Jesus could not be born of a union between a man and woman. It had to be a virgin born, pure, redemptive blood. Can you see that today? And once it's revealed to you, nothing can take it away. Jesus said, I will build a church and the gates of hell will never prevail against this church. It's a church built on revelation. Oh, praise God. People walk away from the message that you never have a revelation of the word of God. We believe the message because of the scripture. I'd like to, Amos 3, 7, Zechariah, it shall be light in the evening time. They baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for, from 325 all the way to the turn of the century when they brought the new heresy after the Pentecostal. If you understand the history of the Pentecostal church and the Holy Spirit poured out, we were talking about it the other day, 1911, 1914, and they had a revelation. You go back and read it. They, oh, I, I, at the, um, in t- 
2006, they put a book out, 100-year anniversary, and they went back and they told the story how the Holy Spirit fell on Azusa, a wonderful outpouring of the Holy Spirit, all of them baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then one day they had this re- the revival, I believe it was in California, and all these people got converted. They went out and baptized them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Said so that night the man went in, the minister, and God began to deal with him. And he went in his Bible, he looked, he said there was nobody baptized this way. And God revealed to him water baptism in Jesus' name. The next morning they called all the candidates out, said we're going to rebaptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Bible says, in the evening time it shall be light. We're living in the evening time, and you you can see that. Jesus said, blessed are your eyes, for they see. Is this all right? People say, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't know if you saw the article or not the other day. The Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church had a priest, and for 20 years, I believe it was, he baptized people. When it comes in and says, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he said, he said, we baptize you. And the Catholic Church found out that he said we in there, and they're making all of the converts, all of his converts for the last 20 years come back and be rebaptized because they, they said, we do not believe that we say we baptize you. We say we, I baptize you, and that I is Jesus Christ. The priest takes the place of Jesus, and I baptize you. And they're making all of those converts for 20 years come back and be rebaptized because of one word. I say, wait just a minute. Let's sit down with our Bible and say, wait a minute. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Spirit is not a name. The name is Jesus Christ. And Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. So if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are not remitted. You have no name. Catholics are very particular about what their doctrine is, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And God has revealed to you it's baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone in the Bible was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 19, they said when we were baptized unto John, they had to be rebaptized again in the name of Jesus Christ to receive the Holy Spirit. Is that the Bible? We're students of the Bible. You say, oh, that's heresy. Paul said in the way that's called heresy, so worship I the God of our fathers. You can call me what you want to call me. I believe the Bible. Amen. Amen. We should know what we believe. It comes from the scriptures. We have the freedom of religion to sit here today. We may not have that someday. I pray that we're so rooted, amen, and grounded in the word of God. They say, oh, you're long hair, skirt, prophet, you're a cult. You can call me what you want to call me. What I believe comes from the scriptures. I trust that you don't look someday and say, well, I believe whatever Brother Ed and Brother Harold, whatever, whatever they preached, especially we men, it challenges. Paul told young men, study to show thyself approved unto God. We need to study the Word of God and have a revelation of the Word of God. We're done playing church. We need people that are rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Why do you believe this message? Because the Bible said he would send Elijah the prophet. And William Branham didn't make himself Elijah. God made him the fulfillment of Elijah's message. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So many things here. I've got to skip over some of this. One day I was out because, again, I like water. I was at Lake Cumberland. I had a boat ramp there. And Brother Ed, it was so cold. And I love water, and so I'm there when it's cold. And I got out of my truck and went down there, and the water was lapping up, and it was freezing in the boat ramp, splashing up. I was looking at that. 
The person would be insane to get in that water. You would freeze to death. And I don't like cold. That's another thing you don't like. I don't like cold. So when it was cold and I saw the water, I'm like, that's insanity. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, but said, you know what? In six months, you'll stand on the same boat ramp, and there'll be sweat pouring off of you, and the water will be lapping up, and you will give anything to be able to get into that water and swim. It'll be the same water, listen to me, same boat ramp, same Daniel, but the atmosphere had changed. The atmosphere had changed. Oh, this is the same building that was here five hours ago. It sat in silence. But the atmosphere has changed. Two or three have gathered in his name. Amen. The Spirit of God here is calling us, trying to call, seeking to save that which was lost. If there's a sinner here today, I want to compel you to be baptized in Jesus' name. To repent of your sins and be filled with the Spirit of God. And let it give you a power to live above sin. Oh, praise be to God. Lord, help us. It's a changed atmosphere. Would anybody pull a cigarette out and smoke it in this atmosphere? Well, you're dated when you say CD. It's a collection of music. Okay, not a cigarette. If you pull a vaping thing out and you vape, all right? You all, I don't know if Canada, they vape down there, they vape. And, it's, and so there's all kinds of habits of things. And the devil's created all these things that people get addicted to. That's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> What do we throw our phones right in there with that? Addictions and tree of good and evil and people get addicted to that. I'd like to preach a message on that. The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. And they said, I've got the, the article, the people that invented the Facebook and that, and, the, and when it dings, they said, we went to the casino and used the same law, Pavlov's law, when it dings, it sets off dopamine in your brain and causes you, I, I got to get to my phone, I got to like, I got to like, I got to like, I got to like, it's dopamine. It's more addictive than cocaine. And they take the phone from the kid and he throws a fit. It's the same as taking cocaine from an addict. May God help us today to use the things of the world but not abuse them. And, amen. And then and, and, and put them in their place. I don't know. I told brother, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an evangelist, okay? I'm not a, you know, so I'm just going to say this, and brother can come back and, and straighten it all out behind me, you know? May, may the Lord help us to, amen, not let those things control us, but we control it. How's it say, whosoever you yield your members to, your servant to obey, you're a slave to that thing. And I'm not saying, we just need to put it in its place. You come to the breakfast table and you bring a spoon. Sister, the other day, fix some coffee and a nice little spoon there, and you just stick it in, put your cream in, and stir around, nice spoon. Well, a shovel looks almost uh, the same shape as a spoon, right? So if I bring my shovel to the table, like, I, I stir my coffee, I, yeah, like, that's, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. That's weird. <clears throat> well, that's the same as when you go and you sit down with people and they can't stop and they're just like, they're like hey, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Parents say amen right there. You're like, hey, we come to the dinner table. We don't, you know, I, I understand it's the social media. It's like the coffee shop. But there comes a time you leave the coffee shop and you say, hey, this is our house. This is our home. This is what, this is the most important business of the meeting of the day. It's more important than your job and your boss and all of that stuff. Hey, this is the most, this is my wife and my children. This is why I go to work for these people right here. This is important. You can straighten me out when I leave there, brother. You just straighten it up. So my, may God help us to put things in their place. Brother, brother Daniel didn't say you can have Facebook and those things. Just put it in its place. Use a spoon as a spoon, not a shovel. 
Oh, praise the Lord. We'll let our pastor go and put all that in its place when he, he does that. But God help us today as Christians. We are encountering things we have never encountered before. And sometimes people like new technology like, hey, we need to do this. And then the Bible says, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Brother Bram said, don't judge things by the way you feel. Judge it by what it produces. That thing's producing havoc in my home, in my marriage. We're going to get it away from us. Oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> I don't know. We're right there. But I don't, well, do you have gas furnace in this, in this place? Do you have a gas furnace? If I, if I understand gas furnace, I have electric furnace. But gas furnace, I think there's a pilot light. You all maybe don't have them. But the old ones, did they, does it have a pilot light here? It burns. It's a little flame. It burns all the time. Little flame there. I don't like fire. Well, you, you wouldn't have this warmth if you didn't have a fire. <clears throat> burns all the time. But it's in its place. If I take that same fire that's out, and I bring it up here and put it on the carpet, that might be a fire-resistant carpet. So I put it on this, and it catches on, and it catches on this, and it catches on the wood. We burn the whole thing down because the fire got out of its place. Are you with me today? Amen. The Bible says, hey, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. We're in the house of God saying, God, give us wisdom to deal with these technologies and things of the world. Some people are like, oh, I just throw, I just throw my phone away. Like, I ask brothers, like, can you have your job? Can you provide for your family without your phone? No, i got to have it. So it's not a matter of having the phone. It's getting it in its place. And we come to the house of God, and the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and says, put it in its place. Oh, Lord, help us today. <laughs> We live in changing times, but we must hold to unchanging principles in the midst of changing times. Yeah. We were talking about it the other day. You know how the, you know, 10 years from now, I can't preach about your car because 10 years from now, we might come to church in a hovercraft. We're laughing, but you know, those guys are technologies. It's not a matter of how you get here. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Let's be together. A brother sent me an article, the Catholic priest. He was talking about a Catholic priest. There's some of a family there, and he was talking about getting together. The Catholic priest is saying, look, we need to get together because there's, there's emotions, there's spirits in this, and we can lay our hands on This is a Catholic priest talking about laying their hands on people. I mean, how much more the believers, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I've seen more people sick in their spirits than I have in their body. Can you say amen to that? Sometimes people just want to pull the covers over their bed and say, I just want to stay right here. Oh, praise God, but come into the house of God and you shake that brother's hand, look him square in the eyes. He says, I'm fighting a battle. He says, I'm fighting a battle too. Amen. amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver us out of them all. How do you know that, Brother Daniel? Because the word of God says so. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this will never pass away. Hey Amen. We should have such a relationship with the Word of God. Sometimes when people want to dedicate their hearts to the Lord, I want them to hold their Bible. So you hold, this is God in letter form. He will lead you and guide you into the truth of this Word. Line upon line, word upon word, verse upon verse, message upon message by the prophet. God is building a bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> As I said, you wouldn't pull a cigarette out and smoke it right now. You wouldn't beat your kid in this atmosphere. You wouldn't go to a porno pornographic website. So whatever this atmosphere is, we need to bottle it <laughs> and bottle it. And that's where the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Ghost, whereby you're sealed to the day of your redemption. <laughs> Brother Ram preaches a message called the anointed ones of the end time. You just don't want it on your conscience, memory, affection, and reasoning. You want it all the way down on your soul. 
Maybe you've had an emotions and I'm all, I believe in all those things, but there's something deeper when it goes down into your soul and Jesus Christ welds himself into your heart and you go to the foot of the cross and you have a real experience with Almighty God. As Paul said, I have to die every day. There's a death to self. As he said, if any man will not deny himself and take up his cross, he's not worthy to be my disciple. It's more than just say, oh, I accept Jesus and I'll dodge hell and I'll get Confucius and Buddha and do all those things too. I'll really get all my tickets. No, the Bible, this is an exclusive religion. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's exclusive. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. I didn't write the book, he wrote it. You know, I, you know how they say Preachers are the best, best salespeople in the world. They got the same product, and they just repackage it every service. <laughs> it's Christ. It's Christ. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. You need him. You can't live without him. He's everything to us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll just skip over some things here just for the sake of time. Brother Ram said, listen here. Listen close to what I tell you. The ever-presence of the living God is the lifeline of any church or bunch of people. The ever-presence of the living God to perform and to do and to act and live with people as he did at the beginning. If the presence of the living God brought a Pentecost with power, with signs, with wonders, brought a people so full of glory of God till they shouted and spoke with other languages, went and martyrs for the faith, let's earnestly contend for that faith until death shall set us free. That's what I want to contend for. Amen. As the one man said, Jesus started the church the way he wanted and he wants his church the way he started it. Amen. Earnestly contending for it. We will not compromise upon reading books and taking some man-made theology. We'll not compromise upon some creeds or prayer books or somebody else, what somebody else has said about it. That's right. We don't need to compromise and take the world's idea and theology. People get these books and they read them, the experience of life after death. Why don't you go to the man that said, I am he that was dead and am alive forevermore. Have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. People go out and do these marriage seminar books, and they go out, get these books. Oh, this will really help the bride. This will help the bride. And I say, well, how, how's that woman? She cut her hair? Yeah, she cut her hair, but just overlook that. Wait, no. The Bible says a woman that cuts her hair dishonors her head, which is her husband. What does she have to say to perfect the bride of Jesus Christ? We just need to get back to the Bible. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives. Wives, be submissive to your husband. Amen. In the world, that doesn't work, but in this presence. Amen. Things are changed. God brings families together. Amen. Family problems are solved in the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Here we go. It's out of the notes. All right. A marriage is a triangle, right? God is always at the top. No union is right without Jesus Christ. You say, oh, Brother Branham said, well, I, uh, I think it's oneness with God. You say, well, I know people that have raised their children, and they weren't Christians. Brother Branham said the greatest error you could ever do as a parent is not lead your children to Jesus Christ. So Christ is the center of every marriage. Should be. Amen. And down here at the bottom, here's the man, here's the woman. And so we come together in Jesus Christ. God instituted marriage, as we said. The world can't define what marriage is because God created marriage. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and these two shall be one. But down here at the bottom, things happen. Things get said and problems happen and circumstances that all happen. Right? It's just life. It just happens. But if each one of those will draw closer to Jesus Christ, somewhere they're going to meet again at the foot of the cross. That will cure a lot of problems in marriage. He said, she said, they did. They, I understand all that. But let's go to Jesus Christ and kneel at the foot of the cross. 
And Jesus said, if you won't forgive your brother his trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. So if you're perfect, you don't need to forgive anybody. But if you're not a perfect person, remember, you can't make it to heaven with sin. we got to have a Savior. And he said, if you don't forgive them, God's not going to forgive you. So if, if it's even for selfish reasons, go ahead and forgive that person so you can be forgiven. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Even if it's for selfish reasons, just go ahead and forgive them. <laughs> Brother Ram said, this isn't questions and answers. I love the questions and answers. All right, I was raised in a Christian family. My father was an Assemblies of God minister. He heard the message. He gave his church, gave everything up, and went to Jeffersonville. And for 30, I believe it was 35 years, my dad transcribed the message from the tape to the book form. So when I was 17 years old, I was working at a, a place, and, and Brother Mike Wirtz, Brother Ram talked about Donovan Wirtz, which was his father, he hired me at the, at the spoken word. It was then before Brother Joseph and voice spoken word merged together. And I worked for 13 years helping promote this message and send it around overseas. And, and we got a scanner in the Swahili language and, 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 and in Kenya, Africa, and working with the languages. And I gave 13 years of my life to promote this message and send it around the world. So I'm very familiar with listening to the, the messages and the translations I had to get all the computers work to input the, the every character in the Polish and the, the, the Bimba and bring all those characters in and typeset it in the book form. So that was my job. And so at night I would sit, maybe sometimes we had projects, we had to work day shift and night shift. I worked with Brother Joseph Branham. And I appreciate Joseph Branham. I'm gonna stop right here and say a word for, I use the table app and I listen to the message every day. And I can highlight the text. I can export the audio. We listened to it the other night. I think I just sent it to brother, and he sent it to the sound, and they played it. And I want to say God bless Joseph Branham for making the message of William Branham available. It's been a blessing. When Brother Branham dedicated Brother Joseph in the message, I believe it was enticing spirits at the end. Five times he says in his dedication prayer, let him be a blessing. And I got to say that prophecy was fulfilled. Brother Joseph Branham has been a blessing around and around the world to make this message available to people. And I say, God bless him. So listening, I was able to sit down and listen to the questions and answers. 1,100 pages. 1,100 pages. Conduct, Order, and Doctor. My father put together a book. 1,100 pages. You can listen to an angel answer the questions of the people. It's amazing. Just do it for recreation. Put it on your car and listen to it. Like, and, and listen to the questions people ask. We were talking about the other day. Come down to the Revelation of the Seven Seals. Brother Ram actually coming through Revelation chapter uh, 10, verse 3 and 4, and how the mighty angel came down. And, and, uh, and, and they, so they, and he gets to that place. He preaches the seven seals, and they ask him questions and answers. I think it was in that one. They ask him, is, is it okay for a woman to shave her? Her legs. Brother Ben, am I reading that right? I'm revealing the seven seals. But it was a mystery to that person. It was something they needed to know if a woman cut her hair and a prophet is a divine interpreter of the word. That's a whole nother sermon, right? We have all these men's ideas, and we were talking the other day. The only way I can come from Indiana and come and preach in this church is because I'm listening to the tapes of God's prophet, and you all are listening to the tapes of God's prophet, and he knows I'm not going to get up here and tell you that a woman can come out here and preach because I'm listening to a prophet who takes us back to the Scripture and says, I suffer not a woman to teach or serp authority over a man, so you'll never have a woman preacher. <laughs> And the only reason we have this fellowship across the world is because God sent a prophet. He sent a prophet. He's a divine interpreter of the word of God. 
Sorry, it just struck me when I saw this questions and answers right here. Sometimes a minister has to vent a little bit. <clears throat> so Brother Ram's answering this question. He's, I've, I believe him, right? He's in the Sunday school room where I was in a Sunday school, and he had all the ministers. They had questions. They called all the churches. Brother Ruddle, Brother Jackson has a church, Brother Crace, Brother Willard Collins are all in a room together. He says, I want to ask you, brother. And he said, have you ever felt the Holy Ghost shake you so bad to you couldn't hardly say anything? Just sit real quiet sometimes. Just sit there and cry. He said, have you ever done that? He said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. He said, if he said the reason people don't speak with tongues many times, he said they don't know how to yield themselves to the Spirit. He said they're looking for something way off when it's right on them. It's right on them. Now he's telling us when you're in this atmosphere, it changes. It makes men that are hard, it makes them really soft. It's a gentle spirit. He always says that. That's a real timid. He said, and they come in the prayer line. He said, I had the prayer line come from the right. He said, I always bring them from the right because the angel of the Lord stands on my right side. I want them to encounter the angel of the Lord's presence before they deal with me as a man. And he many times say, now that presence won't hurt you. That's him. And he has a sweet spirit about him. And he'll never beat you and he'll never drive you. As Paul said, the love of God constrains me. I don't love Jesus Christ or serve him because he got a stick and he beat me to come to church. I do it because he loves me. Is it right if I preach the gospel right here? Paul says, while we were sinners, he loved us. Not when you were good in church and you had your tie and you're all dressed up, but while you were a sinner. This is something that touches our heart. We need men that are touched in our heart. Sometimes when God squeezes your heart, your eyes leak. That's not a bad thing. Men say, I haven't cried in years. I wonder if that's just not a brute and not a real man because the Bible says Jesus wept over Jerusalem, over the church. The church is going through these things and the devil is bringing these devices and the church and Jesus wept over the condition of the church. We need more men with the nature of Jesus Christ. He knew when to take a stick and make a whip and drive them out of the temple. He said, you've made the house of God a den of thieves. And then he go over and pick up a child and set up on his, and he said, except you become like a little child. Oh, I tell you, the Christian is the most versatile person. Why? Because they're led by the Spirit of God. We don't need a form. We don't need legalism. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't know how to preach. I just need the Holy Spirit. Every one of you all are going through different things, but God knows what every one of us are going through. It's not me having a sermon and saying, I'm coming up here and I'm going to preach to that at people in Edmonton. It's the Holy Spirit going to each one of our lives as a great physician. And you go into the room and you sit down and the doctor says, what are your symptoms? You say, Lord, I hurt. You don't understand, Lord. And the Bible says he was a man of sorrows and he was well acquainted with grief. He was despised and he was rejected. You ever felt rejected of man? And he was a man that was rejected of men. And they sit there and you have communion. That's why, you know, communion, breaking the bread, it's more than just taking bread and wine. It's communion. He says, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And you see, he, we can see him broken, but you can say, Lord, I'm broken. Lord, I wanted to be an engineer and I wanted to do this in life and travel. You can probably double your income if you're willing to travel and go to other parts of the nation. And the, but when you have a wife, then the Bible says, train up a child in the way you should go and husbands love your wife. So now you have a cross that you have to take, take up. Your hobbies and all that comes behind the word of God. I better leave that to the pastor too. 
But we must remember our lives are governed by the Word of God. He's not asking you to do something that he didn't do. When they had him and they were whipping him and they were mocking him and they hit him on the head and said, tell us who hit you. And he knew who hit him. He could have just said, look, your name is is Roman Johnson and last night you lived in adultery and if you deny that, you'll drop dead. But there was a scripture in Isaiah that said they led him as a lamb to the slaughter and he opened not his mouth. And there was a scripture way back there in Isaiah that kept him from saying that. And sometimes it's a scripture, maybe women be dressed in modest apparel. And that one verse causes me to dress different as a sister. When it's modern to cut your hair and it's all straight, hair doesn't grow straight across the bottom. And so when it says it's a shame for a woman to cut your hair and you, you don't cut your hair because of the scripture. And now you can come and take communion and say, Lord, this is a true communion. My will is broken, Lord. I lay it at the foot of the cross. You see why church just isn't come to the mega church like, hey, I feel good when I go there. No, it's a, it's a place of brokenness, of fellowship with Jesus Christ. And he comes and he puts his spear. You say, Brother Daniel, I can't do it. I can't do this, Brother Daniel. Well, then you're right where Jesus Christ had Peter when he walked with him and they could see him and touch him and feel him. And he was just nothing but a cussing preacher. And Jesus said, I'm going to go away so I can come back and live inside of you. Think about the vulnerability of Jesus. He gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter, and a couple days later, later, Peter denies he even knows Jesus Christ. Three times he cusses. I want you to really get a revelation of this. Jesus had such confidence in the Holy Spirit that he knew Peter on the day of Pentecost was going to receive the Spirit of God because he just gave him the keys to the whole kingdom, and he denied him. So it's not natural. It's not flesh and blood. Amen. This is not built by flesh and blood and manpower and ego that has no place in the kingdom of God. Not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We need the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We need men and women that have real experiences with God. If it's opening the dishwasher and putting the dishes in, and the Holy Spirit just fills you, and you say, oh, God, and God begins to baptize you with the Spirit. Does anybody like to swim? Does anybody swim? So it, that's a, we, we have ministers, and we, they, they sit around, and I've been in debate, the Holy Spirit, da 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 all right, I'm not here to debate. I'm here that you experience this, okay? So here's a big pool of water, and you stick your foot in. Oh, am I wet? Am I swimming? And I said, and you get down, oh, am I swimming? Like, hey, why don't you just jump in? Why don't you go underwater and swim? Ezekiel talks about, he said he went out, there was foot to his ankle, then it was up to his knee, there was the thigh, and then he jumped in. He said, there's water to swim in. There's water to swim in. There's spirit of God that I can be in a spirit of God. As we said, I was reading it this morning. What is it? Uh, uh, Romans chapter 8. He said, uh, the, how's he? I want to read it. Maybe the Holy Spirit just takes me. Romans chapter 8. In a Schofield Bible, it's right at the top left. <clears throat> Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Sometimes we get in our mind and we go to God and tell God what he should do. But the Bible says we know not in our spirit, how, Lord, how do we pray? What do I pray? Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. Jesus said, I'll teach you how to pray. Pray like this. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, what is your will in heaven, Lord? God, what do you want done with this? And whatever you say, Lord, I'll carry it out on the earth. 
And he says, we know not how to pray. You see how we need to be in the spirit of God? He said, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. God created Adam as a spirit man. And then he created a body for him to live in. We need to realize that we are spirit beings. The flesh profits nothing. The spirit gives life. We need to realize we're living in a spiritual realm and the angels are with us and God is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? The angels are encamped around about those. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Oh, praise God. Oh, may God help us together to get up in heavenly places. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. What is that other scripture in Jude? It talks about it as well. I just don't think in Jude it talks about us about them being um, yes Jude there's only one 120 but ye beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost praying in the Holy Ghost you know what's the problem with we Americans and Canada's Canadians we try to understand everything we try to figure everything out Prophet of God's down on his knees and he tells the story. I think it's questions and answers. He tells, he said, I was down praying before they come to the meetings and I was just praying. I said, I heard something, people speaking in German. I'm like, man, that's man speaking in German. That's good German. He said, I stopped and they stopped. He said, then I realized it was me. I was talking in German. And he said, he got done. He said, I felt so good. And he said, I went to the meeting and, it was, and all of a sudden somebody come in the back room was, ah, said a woman was dying. She was traveling in the car. She said, I don't want to die in the car. She was hemorrhaging. They got her out alongside of the road, and she was laying there. And all of a sudden, she jumped up and was completely well and completely healed. Brother Ram said, we traced it back. It was the exact time that the Holy Spirit was interceding for me in the room, and she was dying on the road, and the Spirit of God was doing something, and he did not understand it. We need to get into this realm like, Lord, what are you doing, Father God? Lord, you be God, Lord. You heal the sick, Lord. You cast out devils, Lord. He's God. This is my heritage. This is what I came from. Spirit-filled people. My grandparents, my grandfather went to the war. He was in the Navy. My grandmother was a godly lady praying at home. They kept a diary. One night, God wakes her up in the middle of the night with a burden for prayer. She just starts praying and praying and praying. That night, they traced their diaries back. That night, the kamikaze Japanese were flying a plane right into, the, uh, uh, right into their ship, and the plane turned and went down on the side and went into the water, and he was alive. Why? Because somebody was praying somewhere. Somebody was praying somewhere. Don't let the devil tell you that prayer doesn't change things. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It avails much. It's not hidden in the ceilings. It says over in the book of Revelations that it's collected in the Omer, which was the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you love the Lord? I've got so many notes here. Praise God. <laughs> We need the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. I want to say this. It's more than believe the sign, okay? It's to get filled with the sign of the Holy Spirit. And that sign, you become the sign. You're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you become God's billboard. You are written epistles, read of all men. People have a problem with Brother Branham. I like what Brother Henry Simmons said the other day. He said a man came to him, and he wanted to talk to him about Brother Branham. He said, hey, look, don't talk to me about it. You talk to William Branham. The Bible says if you have aught with somebody, you go to them. You go to William Branham and ask him about his life. I didn't, his, his ministry, he's dead and gone on, and his ministry stands for itself. It is what it is. He preached a message and say whatever he wanted to say, and then the Holy Spirit, he said, now if I've told you the truth, God's obligated to come to this platform and vindicate and show you that I've told the truth. And not one time did he ever fail. 
<laughs> Will you give me a few more minutes? I've got a post-it note that was on my desk last night, this morning, and I feel the Holy Spirit taking me to that post-it note. So people have all kinds of questions about the cloud. People say, Brother Daniel, what do you think about the cloud? I want to tell you this is what I'll tell you about the nature of William Branham. He wasn't a liar. He wasn't a fake. He was a genuine man of God, and God watched over him. So he was going through a tax audit one time, and they, did, they had a, anybody been through a tax audit? They're not fun, and they're on you and on it. So they put the pressure on him, and they, so they called him in his house, and his wife looked at him and said, it's them again. He said, I can't take this anymore. So he went outside. He said, just tell them I'm not here. Goes and he comes back. His wife's crying. I said, was that really right? He said, yes, I wasn't in there. So he said that somebody called and said, hey, we got our baby sick. And he said, well, go down there and pray for the baby. He goes to pray for the baby, and they come up and they pray. And the Holy Spirit, an angel speaks to him and said, you can't pray for that baby because you told a lie. And he said, excuse me for a minute. He went back and went to the tax man and said, I'm sorry. I was under so much pressure. And he said, I want you to forgive me. Then he went back and prayed for the man. He said, do you still have confidence, man? He prayed for his baby. And most people don't read the rest of the story. Brother Brandon went to his cave and prayed and said, God, help me. Give me the character that when I get under pressure, I don't tell a lie. That's the character of a prophet. So now we see the character of the angel of the Lord watching over what William Branham says. In the message Standing in the Gap in 1965, my father-in-law was sitting about where this brother is in the blue in the Branham Tabernacle. Brother Edmund Way was sitting in front of him. Brother Branham preaches a message called Standing in the Gap. You can listen to the message. At the end of the message, Brother Way drops dead in the service, and he's a dead man. Listen to me. In the message Standing in the Gap, Brother Branham tells about the cloud. He tells about his experience with the cloud and, and all about the cloud and what he told about it. When he comes to the end of the service, this man isn't a sick baby. This is a dead man. Are you with me? He goes around the platform and prays for this man, and the angel of the Lord heals the man and raises him from the dead. What most people don't know, I've talked and interviewed about seven different people that were there. The man, when you die, you lose your functions, and the man lost control of his functions. And at the end of the service, he went back to the bathroom, and his wife was a registered nurse, held his pulse, said he's dead. Brother Brandon prayed for him, and God raised him up. You can listen to it. At the end of that service, the next service is flashing red light of the sign of his coming, and Brother Brandon gives a testimony there. Here's my point. If the angel of the Lord wouldn't let him pray for a baby because he told a lie, and in the message he tells the story about the cloud, and a man drops dead, and the angel of the Lord allows him to raise the man from the dead, and the angel of the Lord was okay with whatever he said about the cloud, I'm okay with whatever he said about the cloud. If God was okay with it, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh, blessed be the... That's, that's for me. If God is okay with something, I'll let God pass the judgment on it. Amen. I don't know where that came from, but maybe that's for somebody. Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll skip over some things here. The Spirit... Amen. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. I want to just stop here on another great doctrine that we have in the message called predestination. I believe it. How many believe it? Why? Because it's in the Bible. Brother Branham said, now you, he's out in the denomination, he said, I'm going to preach this um, um, predestination. He said, you all made it a bad word. But it's not a bad word, it's in the Bible. But let me just say this, God never intended for you to stay a predestinated seed. God intended for you to come into the right atmosphere and begin to manifest Jesus Christ. I was cleaning out my garage. I think it was last Saturday. My wife had all these flower packs in there. I went through, and the mice were getting in. I cleaned them all and got them out. I'm like, you know what? 
that wasn't ordained. It was packaged like that. And maybe you were ordained to come at this time. But God didn't want you to stay in a package. Some of us have been in the message. We've been in the package for a long time. But Jesus said this. He said, I've called you and ordained you that you would go and bring forth fruits. I say it's time we start bearing some fruit as Christians. Say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. We're in the right atmosphere, Lord. And I pray, God, the Holy Spirit would fill our lives, would change our lives. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. I don't know how to close. Amen. This is really good. I believe in the Spirit of God. I believe in the moving of the Spirit of God. And I don't always have to understand it. I preached the other day and a message at our church and the Holy Spirit came down in a real way. The next morning I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, just woke up from a dead sleep speaking in tongues. I don't understand it. I don't know what God's doing. I just yield to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says quench not the Spirit of God. That means don't extinguish it. Don't hinder it. We've done that too long around our message. We've hindered it. And we say we don't believe the deity spirit, but a lot of us have put it all on Brother Branham. But somewhere it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. Brother Ram preaches a message, um, he that is in you. Powerful message. Five identifications of the third pool. Stop the storm. The fish raised and the five, his wife and, and all of those things. And those things are great. Sister Hattie Wright. But then at the end of the message, he said, now it's Christ in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. I want to just tell this story and then I'll close. Is that okay? Here a few years ago, we had our boys. I might have told it here, so if I did, you forgive me. We had our boys. We, we uh, go to church in Louisville, Kentucky, which is right across the river from Jeffersonville, Indiana. So it was after church one evening. We went down, got something to eat, went down by the, the, the boat ramp. <laughs> and we were at the boat ramp, and um, it was getting dark, kind of the sun going down. It was right where Brother Ram was in 1930 where he was baptizing the 17th person and the angel of the Lord came down and said, as John the Baptist foreran my first coming, you will forerun my second coming. This is my life. This is where I live. So I'm sorry if you don't believe the message. God bless you. There's so much vindication <laughs> in my family. I didn't tell this part. My father and mother and all were going to get a divorce. And Brother Branham reconciled their marriage together before my wife was born. So I wouldn't even have my wife that I have if it hadn't been for God's prophet. So I'm, maybe I'm biased. I just I love this gift of God that he sent to our life. You know, I, was, I tell this, I was born one day. I'm going to die somewhere. I'm on this journey through life. And God gave me a gift called a prophet. And it sure helped me through life. Helped me in my marriage. Helped me raising kids. Helped me going to church. And I am so thankful for the message of the hour. So wonderful. It's so wonderful. I don't understand everything about it, just like you don't understand everything about the car that you drove in here. But you drove it, and it sure is a blessing to you, isn't it? Just enjoy it and listen to it and say, hey, nobody's got anything better than this. I'll just stay with this. It's really simple, my friend. He sold vacuums. Or he talked about vacuum, he said, he, vacuum sweepers. He said, if you're going to sell me a vacuum sweeper, it better be, doing, better be better than the one I got. And it better be better than an angel of the Lord identified in Revelation chapter 3 and the pillar of fire coming down and hanging over his head. Ten people raised from the dead goes to Africa and 30,000 natives come to Christ in one altar call. I ask his critics, how many people you led to the Lord? One, two, or is your gospel all doubt and unbelief? That's their gospel, doubt, unbelief, disbelief, disbelief, disbelief. Somebody gets sick, like, why don't you go ask your doubt preacher? They're preaching doubt and go ask them to heal you. No, but the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. It's faith. All things are possible to them that believe. We need to be baptized. Amen. In this presence of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. When you get an eternity, I'm not one of those Revelation 10 
preachers, time shall be no more. But let's get through this story, okay? <laughs> so we're down there by the water, and they have this big cruise ship going by called the Star of Louisville. And it just goes by, and all of a sudden it starts turning around. We're eating our burgers. We've got three sons, Isaac, Ethan, and William. My wife, we're standing there, and all of a sudden this big cruise ship turns around, and it starts coming back, and I turn a spotlight on. Have I told this story here? No? Okay, good. So then they turn the spotlight, and we shine, and, and I realize there's a man in the water, and this man is in the water, and they're shining the light, and he's trying to make it to shore, and he's floundering, and they're shining the light, and they're coming by. We're standing there. You know, it's just all drama. We're sitting there, and then this, this, there's this boat turning around like, hey, this is cool. And then this man's in the water, and all of a sudden we hear the sirens. And they start looking, and then here comes the ambulance. Here comes all the fire trucks. And in just a few minutes' time, here's all the paramedics and fire trucks, and we're all standing around like this. Hey, we just came to eat a little burger. <laughs> and now this man's in the water, and we're listening, and he's saying, let me die with dignity. Let me die with dignity. I'm like, what? This is weird. This is craziness. And so this, the boats come around. They got their spotlight on, and he's getting closer. And one of the paramedics start going out to try to get him. He's let me die with dignity. Let me die with dignity. He's coming up, and he's coming a little bit closer like that. And then directly one of the paramedics says, hey, come on up here. And I want to die with dignity. Directly they just grab him, and they drag him up to the shore like this. And they pull him up, and they throw his head down. And they throw his head like straight down on the concrete. He's just laying just like this, and they got his head all pushed down like this. Uh, if you're a parent, those are called teachable moments. <clears throat> teachable moments. And this man had got drunk, and he had a girlfriend on the boat, and something happened in their relationship, and he just jumped off the boat and wanted to die. He wanted to drown. And so now they've got him up there, and they got his head down on the asphalt, they got his hands behind his back, and they got his face down, and they're all screwing down, and he's like this. And he said, oh, that's our dignity. I got all three of my sons. I stood them right here like, I said, I want you to look at this. This is what alcohol does to a man. This is how it changes and deforms him and brings him. There's a whole way. In the book of Proverbs, it talks about don't look at it when it's in the glass. Look at it when it bites you like an adder. And everybody's looking around you. And there you are laying in humility. And now you're in the newspaper and the news and all of it. Why? It's the alcohol. But you know, as I thought about that, <laughs> praise God, Brother Ed. I thought, you know what? This is just a perversion. It's a perversion of someone else that is so drunk in the Spirit of God. They're so drunk in the Spirit of God, they're not wanting to extinguish their life, but they're wanting that old nature to die. And they say, Lord, let me die to that thing of the world. Lord, let me die to this habit, Lord. Let me die to this thing. You know what I'm talking about. There was Samson saying, Lord, let me die with these Philistines. This thing that I was raised up to destroy, let me die to it, Lord. There's a drinking of the Holy Spirit when you drink it. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's something about drinking of this water that makes you love everybody. They say, how do you know when somebody's drunk? They just love everybody. Oh, it's what our churches need around the message. They just need a big drunk of the Holy Ghost. We could just love our brother and love our sister. And you know who needs it most? The preachers. They, the preachers need it where they can just love everybody because we got this thing in our mind that we have to agree with people before we say we can love them. That's what happens with children, the parents, husbands and wife, churches with each. We can't say I love you until I agree with you. Guess what? We'll never agree on everything. My wife and I don't always agree. And, uh, you know, we have some things we're working through. <laughs> she said, look, you're broke and it's going to take a lifetime to fix you, but I'm up for it. So God bless her. She's still working on me. God gave me something to help me and keep me 
humble and help us. You know, God carved a, a big rock out of a mountain there, and he gives you a wife, husband, to chisel the fine detail, the character inside of you. People see can Christ, and why? It's because a wife's been chiseling at your bad attitude and your temper. Better take that back to the scripture. Yeah, Moses, he was the next Pharaoh of Egypt. He knew how to masters. He was taught in all the masters. He got him on the backside of the debt. 40 years they taught him. He was, had his degree. He had it all together. He was going to lead Egypt. He gets out here. What changed? He gets there and God says, I want you to leave. He said, I can't talk. What changed? He got married. He said, I'm going to do this. Wife said, you're not going to do it. Last time you did it, you were a failure. What are you doing out here leading sheep? And God began to mold character. God has your trials all tailored for you. We're trying to pray our tailor, our, our trials out of existence, and God is trying to mold character into you and mold character into me by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, praise be to God. We need the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. I was thinking of Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to close. The Bible says they came. The lame man was healed. Peter gets up and preached. He said, we didn't do that by our power. We did it by the power in the name of Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they took him, they didn't know what they did with him, and they threatened them and said, don't you ever preach in his name again. Don't you teach. That spirit hasn't died. It's even come around our message. Don't you preach, don't you, and it threatened them. And what do real ministers and churches do when that happens? They do what they did in Acts 4. They gather together and they begin to pray. They begin to pray and say, Lord, stretch forth your hand with signs and wonders and miracles and change our lives, O oh God, and change our desires and change our habits and make us sons and daughters of God. We don't want to be church members. We want to be message believers, full of the Holy Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And the Bible says when they were gathered together and prayed, the house began to shake where they were gathered together and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And they began to speak with boldness the things of God. Oh, if God would do that again. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not so much concerned about this building shaking as I'm worried about this house shaking. Say, Lord, shake this house, Lord. Shake this temple, Lord. Oh, God, till I talk right, till I look right, till my attitude is right, till I can love my enemies. I got news for you. The brother or sister on the, the pew that you're on, they're not your enemy. The devil would tell you that. When you drive up in church, you look at their car, and the devil will bring that into your mind. Don't tell me. I've been around for a long time. I know how he works. Sometimes it gets to the place you say, I'm going to the house of God to worship God. I'm an eagle of God, and when I get in the presence of God, I raise my hands, I sing, I shout, I scream, Oh, Abba, Father, I come to church to worship the Lord. <laughs> Praise be to God. I got to stop preaching. Got so much more. We'll just save all that for tonight. Anybody coming back tonight? <clears throat> oh, praise the Lord. Little, don't lie on me, all right? You got to make it right. <laughs> you record those who raised their hands, all right? We got to be men of integrity and say, you know, I appreciate your church, a church that's willing to have two services a, 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 a Sunday. Amen. You should compliment your pastor. You should appreciate him for that. That's, that's a, that's a, Amen. Amen. It's not like we're living in Ukraine and we can't meet together. We can meet together. And I appreciate your pastor who has two services on Sunday. I'll just say this. I won't preach the whole sermon. But remember Elijah when they tore down the altar? Elijah came back and built back the order of worship of how they should worship. And the fire of God came down on that 
structure that the prophet of God, amen, of that day brought in this day. Amen, a few musicians will come. What's that song that you had them sing? I like that song. Don't you love the Lord Jesus? Don't you want to serve him? Hallelujah. Do you all sing that song, I love him too much to fail him now? Have you all, do you all sing that song? Amen. Do you know that one? You've been walking with the Lord for a while. You say, Lord, I, I love you too much to fail you now. Maybe you haven't received the Holy Spirit. You say, Brother Daniel, what you're saying, I, that's what I need. That's what I needed when Brother Harold got up and preached that day. I was up and down, back and forth. But I can tell you I'm here to preach that there is a power of the Holy Spirit that can fill our lives. Give us power to live above sin. Your life isn't up and down. Amen. But it's just solid like a rock. Because he is our rock. I wonder if we could sing that. Do we know that? I love him too. before the Lord we're in the atmosphere where eagles can be birthed while Peter spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on them well I've been preaching I've seen the Holy Spirit come down and individuals and touch lives seen people wipe the tears out of their eyes the Bible says a broken and a contrite heart God would never despise I wonder if there's somebody here you've got sin in your life you'd like to raise your hand and say God forgive me God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you. God bless you. God sees our hands. God knows our heart. Don't be ashamed of him. Yes, hallelujah. Maybe there's a backslider here today. You say, Brother Daniel, I'm backslidden away from God, but I want to return to God today. You just, why don't you, why don't you just raise to your raise up if you're backslid. You say, I want to raise up. In a, he said, if you stand for me, I'll stand for you on that day. And you'd like to just stand and say, God bless you. Hallelujah. Don't, just be honest. Nobody looking around and say, I'm away from the Lord, but this morning I want to come back to God. Amen. Don't be ashamed of him. If he said, if you stand for me, I'll stand for you on that day. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God knows our heart. Maybe there's somebody that's never committed their life to Jesus Christ. You never have. You don't. See, this is all new to me, Brother Daniel. You'd like to stand this morning and say, I want to stand and I don't know what you're talking about, Brother Daniel, but I want to surrender my life to Christ. Is there a sinner that's never surrendered your life to Christ? How many would say, I want to rededicate my life to God and raise my hand to the Lord? God, I want you to refill my life. Would you just stand to your feet and say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to, oh God, will you just come by? Lord, more than Acts 4, I want to experience you, Lord, just 
Fill me with your spirit again, Lord. Renew me, Lord. God, restore to me the joy of my salvation, Lord Jesus. I want the joy of the Lord as my strength, Lord. Pour in the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus. I want to be full to overflowing. Lord, you see the saints of God standing here today, Father. I pray that you would help them. Maybe there's somebody here you don't know where you are. You say, I'm like John down in the prison. I'm questioning everything, but I want to raise my hand to Jesus Christ. Christ. God bless you. God bless you. God knows where you are. God sees right where you are. Amen. He said, go tell John. God will speak to you like he did Moses. He'll call your name. Oh, hallelujah. His presence is here in this room. He's speaking like he did to Moses. It's just not a story in the Bible. It's God speaking to individuals. God molding young men. God molding young sisters in the presence of God. Heavenly Father, you see the saints of God standing. Lord, those that have sinned, they've raised their hands. You said if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. God, the backsliders, you're there to restore them back as Adam fell away, Father. But you came crying and running to him, expressing the attribute of Redeemer to draw him back into fellowship with God. May you restore the backslider today, Lord. Oh, God, in this Christians, Lord, I pray, God, the Holy Spirit would just renew us and refresh in the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of God, Lord. I was reading over in the book of Daniel how that Antichrist spirit would be content to wear down the saints, Lord. Oh, God, I see saints that are becoming worn in the battle, but I pray, God, you would renew our strengths. Lord, you said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Oh, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, how to wait. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could sing it. Just keep your eyes closed. Let's just sing it as a prayer to the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, oh, just worship Him, shall renew. Oh, hallelujah. They shall mount. Maybe you'd like to lift your wings faith. Oh, mount up with wings of an eagle. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. They shall run. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody's sailing out today. Oh, Jesus, teach me, Lord. Oh, teach me, Lord, to wait. Oh, just worship him. Sing it again. Let's just be real reverent now. Don't look around. We don't have a form, right? 
We don't have a form of godliness. We just let the freedom of the Holy Spirit just move. Say, Lord, baptize me with the Holy Spirit, Lord. We're standing on holy grounds. The angels are all around. In this presence, all things are possible to them that believe. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you're praying, just believe it and you shall have it. If you're sick in your body, just speak it. Say, Lord, I want to be well right now. Lord, I want to be healed. And let your faith anchor in Christ. If you're living under condemnation, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Whatever your need is, let the Holy Spirit speak to you now. Oh yes, we are standing.